everyone, Jeff here from besttechie.com, and this is Techie Bytes episode 87. Today I'm speaking with Nick Manaki, founder and CEO at Bundle IQ, a Florida-based startup that's building an AI for the future of knowledge work. We discuss how AI can help us with work, the evolution of the Florida tech scene, and how Nick and I got started working together on the Florida Entrepreneurs Club. Enjoy. An additional programming note, the IRL event mentioned in this episode has been rescheduled due to the recent spike in COVID-19, so stay tuned for more information. I'm here with Nick Manaki, the uh, founder and CEO at a company called Bundle IQ based in West Palm Beach, Florida. Nick has been a Florida resident uh, and in part of the tech scene for a very, very long time, and he's also the co-founder of the Florida Entrepreneurs Club with me, um, which we have some exciting news we'll be sharing uh, about an event that we have upcoming. So stay tuned for that. But welcome, Nick. Really glad to have you on the podcast today. Uh, I'm stoked that you're here. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jeff. Uh, we've been meaning to host this episode together for a little while. So it's just a little bit. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm, gr- I'm glad you're here. So the way I normally start out these episodes is I, I love to get the the founder or the person I'm talking to to talk a little bit about who they are and what they're building. Um, and so let's start with that. Tell us a little bit about you, how you got started, and what you're building right now. Sure thing. So my journey to South Florida um, came by way of, of Hawaii and California, and I ended up down here in 2002. Uh, I was 17 years old, decided to go to school here, saw the beautiful photos of, of palm trees and the beautiful blue water that we have here in South Florida, and um, ended up getting a marketing degree um, and then went into advertising sales through the, the top of kind of pre-Great pre, um, Recession through 2007 and into 2008. And I was working with a lot of real estate clients, um, so all the big developers, I was selling advertising to them and working with their agencies, um, Pulte, Lennar, DeVosta, kind of uh, Toll Brothers. Um, so that that's really like where I cut my teeth into marketing and advertising. Uh, and then I decided in 2010 to, to quit that job and start uh, a digital agency where we ended up doing uh, mobile responsive websites. That was kind of the... Uh, let's say the the new era of mobile um, with the iPhone having come out in 2007 and, and the iPad in 2010 and then got into app development shortly thereafter uh, and so you know that led me to developing our fifth app which is Bundle IQ. Wow so so talk to us a little bit about um, Bundle IQ and and what it is exactly and why you know, how is it, you know, why is it different? How is it different than, than other products out there? How, how do you think about this whole space that you're kind of, you're, you're on the forefront of because like knowledge work, um, has been having, you know, it's funny because for the longest time we had paper, right? We had all this paper and there was all these different filing mechanisms and organization systems that were developed. Right. But now, we have all these documents on our computers in the cloud and everywhere. And it's like, how the heck do we find and surface information um, from all our existing stuff? And that's why I love what you're building at Bundle IQ. So tell us a little bit about that. 
Yeah, the the kind of the let's say the, the timeline um, of of going from, uh, you know pencil and paper to to documents, which you know was kind of Microsoft 1.0 when you would buy the Word and you'd buy the different softwares off the shelf and install them on your machine. Uh, with and a CD. Kind of, <laughs> yeah, with CDs. Yeah, exactly. You, and, and that was like the office suite. Like you had all, you had to have all the different CDs. And then sort of Microsoft 2.0 was okay. Can we put all of these these files in the cloud and and have like a you know an office suite you know somewhere else that we don't have to continue to to get the latest version. Um, and it, they just you know the new versions just roll out automatically. And so you know Microsoft did that. Obviously G Suite did their thing, um, kind of duplicating their efforts. And then Apple did their thing. Uh, and you know and now you know we're kind of in like 3.0. Um, which is uh, these all-in-one workspaces and like going deep on intelligent um, kind of smart documentation. Uh, I know you had Almanac recently on, on your podcast. And, um, you know, and, and the reality is it's like, you know, we've done a really good job as a society on creating data and, and, and manage, I don't say managing, but putting data in databases. And sort of the, the next evolution of that is like, how do we, how do we make it useful? Um, you know, and how do we, you know, how do we get access to it when we need it? And so, you know, with, with distributed workforces, you know, you can't just ask Jeff, hey, Jeff, where did you put this file? Um, you know, or, or how do I do something because you're not available anymore? I have to email you and I have to wait for you to respond or I have to message you and wait for you to respond. And, you know, that adds up over time. So, Kind of the, the next wave is 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 trying to figure out how to make use of all this information that we're creating um, in those in those really meaningful moments uh, of knowledge work. And so with Bundle IQ, I can talk a little bit more about how we do it, but um, that's sort of the the evolution of <laughs> how gotcha. we got here today. No, I, that's you know that that makes sense. I mean, I think I think what we're seeing is an evolution, like you described. Um, from simply inputting to now, now just not now being able to access what we input in, you know, in a, in a more efficient manner. Right. Um, and, and just making it easier to collaborate as a whole uh, with one another. So tell us a little bit about how Bundle IQ is thinking about that and how and how you built out the product so far uh, to to achieve that. I, I read this book um, called Good to Great and by Jim Collins and and kind of the, the main uh, takeaway from the book was that, you know, the, the book really challenged you to, to come up with and, and define, like, what's that one thing that you can do better than any other company in the world? And, and that's what kind of helps you go from good to great and, and really, like, narrowing your focus and, and just dialing um, that core functionality or product offering or whatever it is, dialing that in and building your team around that. And so for us, the, the thing that, and, and by the way, they call it the hedgehog uh, method or something like that. Um, so our hedgehog is that we believe we can create eureka moments better than any other company in the world. Those, those moments of like unexpected inspiration where you're like, whoa, like shit, I didn't know I had that. Or I didn't even, I, I totally forgot that I wrote this. Um, or, you know, a, a piece of information that comes to you um, that connects a dot and it's like tangential to, to what you're even talking about right now, you're like, oh, I didn't even think that, you know, this over here was even related to this. 
Um, so, you know, that that's kind of the vision and the North Star of, of Bundle IQ is is really like like wrapping your your intelligence and, and bundling your knowledge so that we have, you know, understanding of, of how to make it useful for you in those moments um, as you're as you're writing. Um, to kind of put it another way, we, you know, you've probably heard of the mousetrap, right? Like, you know, everyone's sort of, you know, every sort of mentor says, you know, don't just build a better mousetrap. And the way that I've viewed knowledge work and, and particularly these, these different softwares in the cloud, like, like Notion, for instance, or, um, you know, or some of the other ones, you know, that, that have come out that have become wildly popular. Um, and it's no discredit to them, but, but basically the way I see them is that, you know, in many ways they've, they've, they've built these better of a, they've built better bookshelves. So you've got all these books of information and like they help you organize it better. Um, and, and, you know, same with kind of in some ways like, you know, office suites and that sort of thing. And the thing that separates us from building a better shelf is that we want, want to help Jeff and people like Jeff um, to, to basically understand the contents of their books. Like to, right. to be able to to be able to have that 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 AI and and that you know that thing working alongside you supporting you saying hey on page twenty three line seventy seven you know that's a piece of information that you might want to you might want to look at um, and so we're we're helping people understand the contents of their books and making making all these you know bits of information useful. Gotcha, gotcha. So it's like it's almost like. It's almost like Notion developed a way, like like invented the Dewey Decimal System for all your documents, right? But what you're doing is you're taking it a step further and saying, when you open the book, here's what how uh, here's how this connects to something else, um, uh, something else that's in, in on your bookshelf. Pretend, you know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And and we really see like our product as a synergistic, um, you know, piece of software that can snap into you know, these excellent knowledge creation tools, um, you know, no matter what they are, whatever you decide, you know, so if it's, if it's notion, um, awesome, you know, there, there's a lot of value that we'll never create, um, when it comes to, you know, organizing spreadsheets and automation and going deep on, on different wikis and, uh, things like that within your organization, whether it's SOPs or, you know, whatever project management, et cetera. Do you see like like your product, you know, like like you said, plugging in like the AI portion of what you're building, which we'll talk about in a second, um, of what you're building, could that plug into like a Notion product or like an Almanac type product where, you know, you can you can use your existing kind of workflow, however dot however your documents are you know set up or wherever you you know create. Um, but then you can have that bundle IQ AI technology kind of uh, accessible, you know, no matter where you are. Absolutely. Yeah. So we, we see it as like this intelligent layer that kind of sits on top of all this information um, that, that, you know, graphs, graphs it out and then sort of helps connect the dots for you. And, and it does it, you know, actively, but, but it doesn't require Jeff's cognition. Like you don't have to search for anything. You don't have to like be like, oh, where is that one thing? It's just constantly kind of monitoring and, and being like, oh, Jeff's talking about this. Oh, he's talking about this now. He's talking about this now. And then it's sort of nudging you and saying, hey, man, you've got three or four things here that you might want to check out. Right, right. That, yeah, I, and that's what it does right now, and it's really cool. I know, so I know, uh, you know, you guys are working on the AI uh, f 
feverishly to to really you know get it um, built out and also add additional functionality. I know one of the things you're you're planning on adding. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say this, but hopefully is a GPT three technology into uh, your AI. Um, you know, how do you think about AI um, and 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 the future of it and you know, and everything that's going on, should we be afraid of it? How do you, you know, how are you implementing it into your product? And, and uh, I guess let's start with that. How do you, how do you implement it into your product um, right now? And how are you thinking about, you know, moving forward with that? What features are we expecting? Yeah. So, so from a founder's perspective, I, I really look at, at what we're building as something that, that can support human uh, development and human capacity. Um, I'm, I'm really bothered and uh, by the fact that we're so inundated and overwhelmed by information. Um, and I want, I, like, personally, I want my time back. <laughs> like, that's, <laughs> that's, what, that's what drives me. And I'm just like, I, if I have to waste, you know, a day, a week trying to find something, it's like, it's enough. You know, at, at what point do we just, like, throw in the towel and be like, I give up. <laughs> it's too much, you know? Um, and, and that's the reality for, for a lot of companies. Um, you know, Jeff may do a really, really good job at, at staying organized, but when you put Jeff in an environment where he has to rely on maybe 2000 other people, forget about it. You know, it's yeah. like the, the knowledge work we do just to a certain degree, um, isn't really scalable. Um, so there's, you know, there's a lot of challenges with, with figuring that all that stuff out. And so, um, I look at, at this type of AI as an AI that supports humans rather than replaces them. You know, a lot of the AI that we, that that's being talked about in the world is like the automation that, that replaces the, you know, the bookkeeper, the CPA or, or somebody that's like, you know, creating these really fantastic reports for higher ups. And, uh, you know, and, and, and the AI we're, we're talking about and that, that we've implemented is really augmenting human intelligence um, and ultimately giving you your time back, which is just such a beautiful thing. Um, and it's what keeps me rolling, like keeps me going, you know, like we got to figure this out. And it's a big problem to solve because the reality is, is you're trying not to boil the ocean with all this data and be like, how, how do I like, you know, where do I even start? Um, and how do we do this effectively with just the tremendous amount of gigabytes of data that exist? Um, and, and, and 99% of it's unstructured. So it's right. not like it's sitting in, in rows and cells. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Um, it's very unstructured, especially if you're dealing with, you know, written kind of documents that people um, put together. Uh, in that case, it is very unstructured because, you know, it's literally in, in order that the person came up with in their head. So you know, a system has to be able to read that and understand it, right, before it can even make any kind of recommendation in terms of what to do with it. Right, that's correct. So when you build this AI, like, you know, you talk about it, you know, complementing human, uh, you know, uh, humans. Um, but, like, should or should we be, like, how, how, how nervous should we be about AI? I, I know you've spent a, a little bit of time on this yourself, so that's why I'm asking. Um, do you think that AI... You know, is going to end up blowing up the world, or is like, you know, do we? Ha you think you feel a little bit better about it than, e let's say, Elon Musk? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know, it's 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 interesting because I, it sort of feels like to me, and to you know, I liken it to like the space race, you know, back in the '60s when we were like, man, we got to go, we got to be the first to the moon, 
um, or even like the the building of the atomic bomb, it's like it's almost like a hedge against the the bets that would go, be negative that would go against us, and that's kind of the whole you know premise behind even OpenAI and their efforts. You know, as a I think they have a 501c3 and a, a for-profit arm, but you know it's like can we be the ones we meaning like people in the U.S. be the ones that create general AI. Um, which is, for those of you that are listening that don't know about that, it's essentially like trying to recreate human intelligence. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they say now, like, AI is no smarter than a fifth, like a fifth grader is smarter than the smartest AI, more, generally speaking, um, because it can't multitask and do all these different things. Um, so all that to say is, you know, I, I think it's, it's great that we're getting ahead of it, um, could it be incredibly dangerous and detrimental to our society at some point? The answer is there's a higher probability than zero that it could be. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> Not what I was hoping to hear, but yes. But, uh, you know, but I think, I think we're, we're going down the right path and we're putting those kind of human controls in, in place to, to make sure that that doesn't happen. Um, and, and looking at like the really positive side is that like the reality is, you know, even with COVID or, or climate change, you know, some of these problems that we're trying to solve are beyond our comprehension, like in terms of scale. Um, you know, it just scrambles our brain trying to figure out how, how, how do we even like, how do we even control the next pandemic? Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and so when it comes to like managing data and, and, you know, these, you know, managing the collective intelligence and tapping into the collective intelligence of, of species, whether it's ants or bees or people, um, you know, that's what AI can really help us do um, because we're, we're kind of like peeking out at our RAM, you know, what, what, we're, what we're capable of as, as humans at this point in, in a global society. No, you're right. I mean, like we, we barely dealt with this pandemic, yeah. um, how, you know, and, and like, there are so there are so many problems out there that are so massive, like you mentioned, climate change, um, and that's one that's we're focusing on here in South Florida a, bit, a lot, right? Um, I feel like we have companies like Seaworthy Collective and just so many people working on companies to help fight climate change and reverse um, those trends. And but they are such huge problems, um, and it's like where do you even start? Uh, agreed. I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about um you know you being a founder uh specifically a non-technical founder um and, and 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 any struggles that you've kind of come into with that and how you've overcome them along the way um because i know as someone who's also a non-technical founder myself that those struggles are real and um frustrating to say the least <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, you broke up a little bit there, but but what I got from just what you were saying is that like, what are the challenges of being a non-technical founder in a highly technical field of you know AI right. tech essentially? Uh, it it's a good question. It's one that I've reflected on quite a bit in the last like year and a half since we've decided to to go all in on on building this augmented intelligence, and uh, you know it's. It's interesting because I, you know, when I think about like my childhood growing up in Hawaii, I was like lucky enough to, to live on a military base. And, you know, I went to school on base for a little while and then off base. And, 
got to, you know, surf when I was five years old and like was constantly in nature. Um, it inspired me to go down this path of science. And, um, I ended up starting out my college career as a biology major. Um, and when I think about software, I, I think about like this, like a nucleus that that's formed and then it has to like, you know, you have to think about the scale of, you know, and the complexities of the human body on the cellular level. And then, you know, you go all the way out to, you know, the complex beings that we are walking around, talking, having conversations, using tools, et cetera. You know, in my mind, I really liken, you know, nature and biology and collective intelligence, and all these things to how software works. And um, I, I had breakfast the other day with, with uh, a woman that has a fantastic AI company and in the retail e-commerce space. And I didn't know this. She's from Tel Aviv. And she was telling me like, you know, do you know how Waze was like, you know, she was like, I talked to the guy that, that originally built Waze, which came out of Israel. And she was like, do you know how this, this, he came up with this algorithm. He was inspired by watching ants. He's like, ants have never run into each other. They don't like bump into each other. They, you know, it's like, and, and so he was inspired to create ways and the algorithm was inspired by watching this ant colony in Israel. <laughs> That's fascinating. That is fascinating. I had no idea that that was the case. Yeah. Um, that's really, really cool. Um, that's a really cool story. So, you know, although I'm not the one that's actually writing the code, I think there's, there's a lot to be said for um, kind of tapping into nature and, and really like looking at, you know, why, why we're solving this problem, why it matters and, um, and, you know, what tools do we have available, uh, you know, to actually facilitate, a, a an environment and in a world that, that we want to live in. And I can tell you right now, I don't want to live in a world where I have to, you know, spend, 61% of my time, according to McKinsey, managing information and mm -hmm. only 39% doing tasks. Like I'm over it, you know, me like, too. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, so, so one of the things I, I, I mean, uh, that came to me when I was, when I was building a company as a non-technical founder was just making sure that you surrounded yourself with people that you tr a trusted, but that, you know, that you felt comfortable with and like, um, how, like, so how do you think about, or how do you go about, um, hiring as a non-technical founder for a technical role? How, how have you kind of approached that, that subject or that topic? Yeah, I've been really grateful and, and blessed to have been around the industry for a while. Um, you know, I started my company when I was 25. I know you started Best Techie when you were, I think, 13. Um, so I, I got into the tech space uh, pretty early, um, you know, the, the, the Blackberry was like, they were just phasing out BBM and, and, and Apple was kind of accelerating with the iPhone. Uh, and I got to meet a lot of the kind of the early, you know, people that, that shaped the, uh, you know, the industry and including, um, this woman who was the head of the, the app store and, and developer evangelism and, um, my, uh, former CTO, and the first person that like really laid the foundation for our code, he was a tool chain, tool chain engineer um, that hacked the iPhone and ended up building Nike Plus as the first app that he ever built. That's you crazy. Know? So, <clears throat> you know, that's crazy. It's you know, like like 
he has two apps that come natively um, that he's touched the code or built or whatever over time. Um, Siri is one of them, and and Nike Plus was the other one. Um, and so, uh, you know, obviously he didn't build all of Siri, but but he was definitely part of the team. And uh, you know, so so with that said, I've been able to kind of through him and through other people that have been on my team over time and people that I've met over the years, I've been able to kind of tap into that. And then as of recently, particularly around the, the topic of AI, I've been able to connect with a lot of people on Clubhouse. And that was kind of a, a godsend because, you know, we're not out networking. I mean, that's how you and I met. And, uh, and I was able to connect with, you know, Shira Eisenberg, who you probably know from Clubhouse. And she was like, you know, an NLP, I don't actually know her title, but she was NLP, like, you know, researcher at MIT. And, you know, I connected with Anton, um, who's like a rock star, you know, kind of AI influencer that works for Blue Ridge Technologies out of, out of Maryland. Um, and I connected with a few other people in, in AI and, um, and just kind of through all of these relationships, I've been able to build the team over, over the, the past few years. Um, so it's been, yeah, it's just been the culmination of just all my energy in the tech world and also building the startup community, you know, here in South Florida uh, and being, you know, part of the the fabric that supports everything, you know, the influx that we've had now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about Florida Tech uh, a bit, which is something you and I are both, um, you know, very fond of. Um, so you've been in Florida, you know, as you mentioned, since 2002. Um but you, uh, but from what, from you know, our conversations, you, you you've been starting working on in the tech industry and pushing tech in Florida since what 2013? 2014? Uh, 2010. 2010, Okay. Twenty ten. So, my question to you, um, for you know, for this is how or why? What made you so bullish on Florida tech? Um, so long ago and you know what's taken so long for it to get to this point where it's at now in 2021 for starters the quality of life here is in, in many ways unparalleled i mean it's you know coming from hawaii and california through grade school and high school and then going here to college um in south florida like i had no idea that that palm beach county and in, in south you know from basically jupiter to miami had crystal blue water, like the most amazing diving, like, you know, the fishing's insane, the surf's decent in the winter. Um, and, uh, you know, the people are awesome. You know, there's a lot of like high powered, high profiled CEOs that have retired here. Um, so, you know, to me, it was sort of a, a great place to land and, and build, um, after college. Uh, and, and you get to, you know, you get to meet a lot of different people here. Like I, I can tell you at one breakfast, um, that's, that we sponsored startup Palm beach, which was the kind of the original entity that, that we were building the startup ecosystem here with, um, we sponsored a breakfast and, uh, you know, we knew that John Scully was going to be speaking. It was like, you know, $300 to sponsor the breakfast. We had a table. There was a bunch of entrepreneurs there, you know, young guys like ourselves. Uh, we got to hear John Scully talk about him and Steve Jobs walking through Stanford, you know, and that was kind of like their, their way to get away and sort of, you know, talk to each other and have their chats. And, 
um, kind of get outside of the office and um, <clears throat> and so many different th- stories that he told. Well, because we were the sponsor and because I was the you know the co-founder of Startup Palm Beach, he had he had to acknowledge us, you know, and he's like, "Thank you for our sponsor, <laughs> et cetera." And uh, and I ended up kind of waiting till everyone left and was chatting with his wife and um, went and got our valet ticket and I grabbed her valet ticket, got it got it um, verified, um, and then got in the elevator. And she's like gushing over me. She's like, "Oh my God, you got to meet Nick!" And you know, blah blah blah. <laughs> and so so I literally pitched John Scully in an elevator <laughs> in Palm Beach. That's and, nuts. You know, and by the time we we got out of the bottom of the elevator, like he was giving me his business card. His wife grabbed it, like wrote her number on the back of it. And she's like, <laughs> she's like, if you need anything, honey, you you call me. And I'm like, okay. So you know, that that's the kind of place it is here. It's you know, there's there's a there's kind of a, this intimacy uh, with a lot with major operators that kind of control the world and to some degree. Yeah, and I remember you telling um, so me a story. I've, I've sort of always been bullish on on that. What's that? No, I was just gonna say. I remember you telling me a story about one time you were you were out on like Sand Hill Road or something in the valley, and and yeah. and the VC's like, you got to move your company if you're gonna raise money, and you're like, no. <laughs> so you know, and that was that was when was that? That was many years ago. So at this point, so you know, was, that took some 2019. conviction. It was 2019. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, I I had sort of temporarily relocated to San Francisco and I was kind of making my rounds and sort of trying to figure out like, do I want to be out here? Like, you know, all the talents out here, all the money's out here, et cetera. And don't get me wrong. I, I, I do really have a fondness for San Francisco and in that area. Um, I did the Alcatraz triathlon twice and I've swam across the bay and I've, you know, I've, I've, I've done a lot in the city. Um, but the story that you, you brought up is, is one that really stuck with me because I, I went and met with this, uh, you know, this, this investor who uh, I was introduced to and, you know, and, and I was like so proud and like so excited and I'm like, wow, <laughs> man, I got a shot like meeting with an investor. And it was my first investor I met with on Sand Hill Road. And the guy like looked at me and he's, you know, and on paper, like I'm not really that impressive. You know, like I, I didn't go to like some crazy university and I have MBAs and all this stuff. I didn't, you know, I've, I've done well for myself and I've been a full-time entrepreneur for the last 11 years. Um, and I've, and I've had some, some doubles, but never any home runs, you know, like what they're probably used to out there. Um, but anyway, he, he just totally belittled me in the meeting and he was like, you know, you're, you're, you're no Stuart Butterfield here, you know, like, And I'm like, I'm like, geez, dude, like, yeah. I mean, I'm like, Stuart Butterfield wasn't Stuart Butterfield until he was Stuart Butterfield, you know? <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, he was kind of just, just kind of, you know, bagging, bagging on, on Florida. And th- this was the most pretentious thing I ever heard was there's no direct flight. If I want to fly my plane from, from here to that, to the airport and PBI, there was no direct flight. And I only do deals with direct flights. And I was like, Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, we don't have that problem anymore, thankfully. There's plenty yeah. of uh, capital that has that has that has flowed into uh, Florida Tech and Miami Tech, which we're going to talk about now a little bit. Um, so you know, obviously, you've been here for 11 years working on um, in the tech space, and 
You know, from my understanding, having come in just a little over a year ago and kind of integrating myself into this ecosystem, this community, um, you know, f there was other times where where the community saw, you know, flare ups um, where, you know, there was like really positive energy and uh, some interest coming in. Um, but what are your thoughts on what's happening now with the whole Miami tech movement based on everything you saw? Does it feel different this now? And if so, how are things different in your opinion? So back in 2013, was, which was really where I was pouring a lot of energy into the community building because I had my tech company and we were doing you know, product development for other companies. And, um, and at the time, my biggest client was, was Zynga in San Francisco. You know, so we were like working out of my house flying to San Francisco to work, you know? And uh, anyway, so I, I've always sort of been like the token startup guy in the town, you know, like on all the committees and things like that. And and the reality is nobody really took it seriously. Like the, like the government wasn't putting real money behind it. Everyone was kind of like lackadaisical about it. Like this, you know, South Florida is all about hospitality and, you know, real estate and tourism and, um you know, and to some degree, financial, like private wealth management and that sort of thing. Um, but but now, you know, it the timing is just right. People know what co-working is. They know they, you know, it, to some degree have an idea of acceleration and and you know they're talking more and more about venture and um, and funding and early stage and you know the the lingo and the jargon is kind of flowing more freely than it was before. Uh, before it was a lot of education, you know, kind of swimming upstream, trying to get Jeff on the same page. And, uh, you know, and that was, that was a tough time. But, uh, but we, we did, you know, to some degree we did it. Um, uh, you know, we, we were able to, to launch initiatives that perpetuated and, and launched initiatives here in Palm Beach County and, and the same contract that, that I was able to get back in 2014 still lives. Uh, it was the first economic development initiative to support early stage founders in West Palm Beach. And that contract is still living in here at 1909. That's incredible. That's incredible. Yo, Nick, I, I just have to say the work that you've been doing, um, and I've said this before, but for this community and this ecosystem, um, certainly has not gone unnoticed by me but I'm sure not going unnoticed by anyone else as well, because you've been at it. I mean, longer than anyone I've met already here, um, you know, among the longest for sure. And, and, and so it's really great to be able to work with you on the Florida entrepreneurs club and have you, um, as my co-founder, uh, I, I get, to, I get to say that because it's true. A, A it's true, but B, because I just, you know, it's, 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 it's really a wonderful thing because I feel like as the new person here, it's great to have someone who's been here for some time working alongside me, uh, in, in this journey, uh, as well. So thanks for that. Um, I want to talk also about, because, you know, we've been talking about Florida tech and this is something, as we mentioned, we're both really passionate about and so there's been a lot of people moving here. There's been a lot of money flowing in. There's been talent coming. There's been uh, a, a push for to develop new talent as well, um, with, you know, from people who are already here. And I'm curious, you know, how you think 
about, you know, if you were to pitch, let's say someone from New York or San Francisco or, you know, any, uh, any, anywhere really in the States um, to come move to Florida and build here, what would your pitch be? Why should someone do that? <laughs> uh, first off, I'm, I'm stoked to, to work with you on Florida Entrepreneurs Club. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, best techie and, and your involvement here in this, this city or county and also South Florida is, is just really been a massive asset. There's so few people, uh, and if anyone's listening, you know, that, that, uh, that really, like, take the time to tell stories and elevate founders' stories. Um, I think a lot of the, the media surrounding entrepreneurship is, um, I would say, in many ways is, is sort of sold out, you know, um, and, which is fine. Um, but the, the raw spirit of, of storytelling and, and like really cheerleading and, and getting in the corner of entrepreneurs is, has been lost um, and, and, and partially never existed here in South Florida, um, other than maybe Refresh and Nancy Dahlberg, who, uh, who's been a, a big proponent for the work we've been doing down here. So for sure. kudos to you, Jeff. <laughs> but, but, now, but now I'm here and Nancy's here and, and, we're, and we're covering great companies. So that's a, that's a positive reason to, to move here. Uh, yeah, I think so, quality of life also, as you mentioned before. Uh, yeah, issue. yeah. So, so to answer your question, that, that was just more of like a, <laughs> we're stoked to have you here. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Um, but to answer your question, I, I, I always start with quality of life. I'm like, you know, if you move down here, um, your, 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 your blood pressure, your heart rate, like every, everything's just going to drop. You're going to feel like you're on vacation. Um, it's so awe-inspiringly beautiful. Um, you know, there's, there's less rat race and, you know, you don't have to sit in traffic for, you know, hours and hours a day. And I'm, I'm speaking more specifically to Palm Beach County. I mean, Miami is a little crazy still. It's a real city. Um, once you go south of Boca, as you're well aware, like the, the traffic picks up and it just gets a little bit more chaotic and more bustling. Um, but, but South Florida as a whole, it, it really does have an excellent quality of life. And, you know, there's something to be said about being able to go into the ocean here and go for a swim and, and have access to the outdoors all year round. Um, and, uh, you know, what the vitamin D and, and I think just genetically, like what happens to your body just being, being out in the sun and, and really, you know, a lot of places that where tech is, it's not that sunny all the time and there's a lot of depression and, you know, people are, um, struggling, you know, with mental health because, you know, pre COVID they had to get on a bus to go to work every day. And it's like, or a subway underground. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was me. Right. I mean, that's what I did. And, 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 you know, you're right about the sun, something about it when it shines down and it hits your skin, it just feels nice. It's like, ah, the sun's hitting my skin and you just have a, first of all, you also get a little tan, you get tanner easier because you're just outside in the sun more. Um, that was one thing I noticed. Um, so that's also a plus, uh, like you mentioned, uh, there's so many reasons. And I think space is another thing, you know, and cost of living is also another, right. And taxes and all those things. But like, aside from all of that, I really feel like our community that we've been building here, that you've been building here, that everyone's been building here, um, is one of the best communities I've ever been a part of. 
I mean, just the people here, they get it. And like, they, they, they are so welcoming everyone. And I do my best to welcome. Whenever I see a tweet saying someone's moving to Miami, I always reply and welcome them saying, if I can be of any help, please let me know. <laughs> like, let me know what I can do to help you intros, whatever. Um, and I think that's important. What'd you say, Nick? I say you do a great job at that. Oh, and, thanks, Nick. <laughs> and, 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 and I agree. Like, you know, that this is a, this is a unique community. I mean, the, the, the fervor for, you know, for each other and for, I guess the, the, the growth and, you know, and, and, and the mindful growth, more importantly, the mindful growth, you know, it's like people are really thinking about, okay, you know, some of us have been here for a while. Like, what does it look like to have a healthy relationship between work and play, a healthy relationship, you know, between startup and venture. And, um, and it's interesting, you know, I, I think people definitely, they're, they're kind of, you know, re-engineering, you know, like if they're going to do San Francisco, it's not going to be the same way. Mm -mm. It's going to be different. Mm -hmm. If it's, it's not going to be the same as New York, it's going to be different. It's not going to be the same as LA. It's going to be different. Um, so I think that's true. I think, I think a lot of us are kind of rethinking our approach to work as a whole. Um, yes. and I, I, I mean, I feel like I've been just as productive. I mean, we've done a crap ton of stuff over the past six, seven months for Florida entrepreneurs and, uh, and, and for best techie and like, and we're still pumping out stuff all the time. Um, but at the same time, I feel like I've had a better quality of life where I've, also spent more time just enjoying nature, going outside, going swimming, riding a bicycle, going for a walk, um, just hanging out. And that I think is just so important. And I think like you, you get that vibe here. Like you mentioned, you feel like you're on vacation. I mean, I've been here for a year and a little over a year now. And every day I wake up, it's like, holy crap, I'm on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I totally get that. Oh man! All right, so I we were I want to make sure we uh, we end on time. So I have a couple questions before we get to the lightning round that I love to run with, run with you on. Um, so first, you know, we mentioned Florida entrepreneurs, and I and I guess this is a good time to also promote uh, the fact that we have an upcoming event for Florida entrepreneurs, uh, July twenty eighth, which is a Wednesday at six p.m. at Axis Space in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, details and the Eventbrite. Um, are live and uh, you can check out flint f-l-e-n-t dot club for more information as well as on my site besttechie.com um, but nick i wanted to reach out to you and ask um, for this podcast episode because i've never asked you this and i think it's kind of, i'm not sure what you're going to say but i think it'll be interesting to find out so um, when i reached out to you and asked you to start this florida entrepreneurs kind of club with me you know, what were your initial thoughts and why did you, what made you say yes? Cause we had only spoken like a couple times prior, um, to me asking you that. Yeah, I, I think the, there were kind of two things. One, um, I think it made a lot of sense to create sort of this, this net for the community. Uh, and we started out in, obviously in South Florida, but having like a catch all for entrepreneurship in South Florida, um, because just by nature of building, there's all these different things, you know, the innovation center, da, 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 all these things. Right. So I saw, 
this opportunity is sort of to be like the underlying kind of, you know, net to like bring it all together. Um, and then two, <laughs> your enthusiasm is intoxicating. <laughs> and I realized that you're, that you're a total, <laughs> you're a total doer, like you're a doer. And I would have never done this had I, if I felt like I had to drive the ship. Like if I felt like I had to like, you know, pull you along and I knew that it would be, I didn't know, but I had the feeling that it would be a synergistic relationship and that we'd be able to kind of move the engine forward together um, without a whole lot of effort. Um, so that was a gut, gut check for me, but those were kind of the two things. No, I think that I had the same exact thought process, which explains why we work so well together. <laughs> um, but no, I had similar thought process, uh, you know, pretty much exactly. And it was like, and my, the way I reached out to you when I was like, well, I talked to this guy and you know, he's building something cool. He said he's, you know, he's been, he's been here for a while. And so it kind of went to that. And also like we, I felt like we had clicked a bit or that early. And I, so I was like, might as well reach out and see what he says. And like, I, I you know, so I, I had, at that point I had known about bundle IQ. I had known about 1909 we had talked a couple times, so it just made sense. You, you know, you were the person I had spoke to the most, but that I also connected with, I think, uh, on, on the, like the highest level. Um, so, I, yeah, sweet. All right. So final question before we get to the lightning round, um, which I'm excited about, because you don't often ask um, very much from our community, from the community as a whole. I'm giving you the opportunity now on this episode of Techie Bites uh what's your ask for the community what do you what do you need help with right now nick how can we help you oh man we are like this close to launching uh with gpt3 and just launching with these new data integrations and for for us as a company it'll be sort of like the first real representation of the vision and i would love feedback so as soon as we drop that link like stay tuned we'll send it out to the best techie community um but i'm so 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 excited so and i and i know that just about anybody that's a knowledge worker could stand to benefit from our tech uh and what we're doing so it's just a matter of hooking it up downloading it hooking it up and saying you know i'm willing to give it a try so so we that was the biggest thing no we'll we'll definitely make sure to obviously promote that um and and I'm I'm excited to for everyone to try out what you what you've built and once it's released, I've been using Bundle IQ with uh, the early version of the AI and it's really really cool. Um, I I love using it. It's Bundle AI uh, Bundle IQ. Sorry, did I say Bundle AI? Uh, with the AI Bundle IQ. Anyway, I use it all the time. Nick and I collaborate um, all our Flint stuff through Bundle AI. All best techie articles and notes and all that stuff goes through bundle iq um and it's i couldn't i couldn't i couldn't be anywhere without it it's been such a vital tool for me and i'm really glad that that i had the opportunity to to learn about it directly from nick and use it for for all these months uh so i can't wait for the gpt3 uh release nick i'll be i'll definitely be sending you feedback <laughs> Awesome. Thank you. All right, Nick. So you made it through the hardest part of the podcast, which is the conversation. And now we're up to the lightning round. So whenever you're ready, you let me know. We'll get started. 
Uh, I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's go. All right. What's your favorite artist or band? Sublime. Nice. That's a good choice. Also, fun fact, we went to the same high school. You did? Yeah. At the same time? Yeah. No, they're older. <laughs> okay, just making I just was I didn't think so. I thought they were older. All right. Um do you have Okay, this is a good one. Do you have any secret talents? Secret talents? I can hold my breath for more than 2 minutes like pretty regularly. That is a cool secret. I'm glad I asked you that one. That's really cool. All right, here's another one. So maybe it's the same answer, but what's your cure for hiccups? Oh, <laughs> oh man, it's so bad. Like every t I love spicy food, but I, you know, every time I eat it, I get hiccups. So it's normal. It's normally, I don't know. I I think I have to will them into submission. <laughs> it's, it's, it's more of a mind game than it is like a tactic or like a drinking water upside down or something. Yeah, I, I found that peanut butter works pretty well for me. Ooh, um, I'll try that. Try it next time. Get back to me. Um, all right. If someone narrated your life, who would you want the narrator to be? Uh oh, you broke up. Sorry. Say oh, sorry. Again. If someone narrated your life, who would you want the narrator to be? Matthew McConaughey. Ooh, that is a good one. Yo, <laughs> I could totally see that. Matthew McConaughey, his voice is so unique. It, it's a good voice. Oh, um, he's awesome. Yeah. Green light. <laughs> All right, last one, last one. If you could only eat three foods for the rest of your life, what would they be? Oh, it would be Thai, Mexican, and probably cereal. What kind of cereal do you like? What's your fave cereal? Uh, I, I, I like explore all different types of cereal. I've been eating um, a lot of like raisin bran and stuff. Like I love raisins, so okay, I'll eat, like, I like raisin bran too. with granola, raisin bran. <laughs> I love raisins too. I also, uh, Special K is, has a special place in my heart. Something about it, it's so simple, just tastes good. I don't know. Um, but Nick, I appreciate you being on this episode. I'm really glad we had a chance to finally sit down and do it. If anyone uh, wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? You can find me on Twitter. I'm pretty active on there. It's at Monaki. You might have to spell it out. M-O-H-N-A-C-K-Y. Um, yeah, just hit me up on Twitter. He's also on Clubhouse. I am on Clubhouse. <laughs> I'm, I'm not as active as Jeff, but I am there every Monday and Friday at 3 o'clock. Exactly. All right, yeah. well, Nick, thanks again. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Appreciate you, bud. Thanks for listening to Techie Bites. Stay tuned for more episodes every Tuesday with awesome interviews and conversations about technology and business. If you like what we're doing, please consider supporting our podcast at anchor.fm slash best and or by leaving a rating and review on iTunes. Both ways help us greatly and are much appreciated. So thank you. Until next time, we'll see you. And remember, remember, take care of your computers.